Hello and welcome to the Roka Report Lasses podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen and Her Game 2, the campaign against sexism and misogyny in football. My name is Rich Spate and I'm joined to pick over England's 8-0 win over Norway in the European Championships by Jen O'Neill, who has been popping up all over the place, including the very entertaining Athletic Women's Football podcast uh, over the last 24 hours. How how was it down there, Jen? Oh, it was amazing. The build-up to it was fantastic. Everybody was a little bit nervous because they expected Norway to be a, a real problem. And actually, for the first six or seven minutes, they were. England didn't make a successful pass in the opposition's half in all that time. Needn't have worried though, <laughs> because after I mean, it was cagey, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and it was a physical battle, and I, I think that in all of the plaudits we've kind of overlooked, like Millie Bright won everything in the air. Uh, Arna mm-hmm. Hegerberg and Carolina Graham Hansen are two of the best forwards in world women's football, and and they just didn't get a touch. I think Hansen touched it twice. I actually forgot Hegerberg was playing. Lucy Bronze was outstanding. I mean, we'll go through that. The The fact yeah, is, yeah. it was an incredible atmosphere from start to finish. It was better than Old Trafford's with 40,000 less people in there. It was like a proper football crowd. It was it was just wonderful. It really was. Uh, the getting to the ground and getting away from the ground, almost I've almost forgotten about the trials and tribulations of that because the game <laughs> was so good. Well, yeah, there was, there was some transport issues um, and, and a few people, I think, uh, arrived late. Um, we're also joined for this podcast by our very own symbolic man, <laughs> Anne Waterson. <laughs> How does it feel to be a symbolic man covering women's football, Ant? I'm not, not sure if that's a compliment on it, Rich, but yes, yeah, very good. <laughs> well, it's, if, if, you, if you put you in the same category as uh, Ian Wright, then uh, it's prob- probably is, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, just, I mean, every time you. You know, when we should be celebrating, you know, a win like that, we're, we're always going on stuff like, you know, of what Mr. Sugar put on. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll not talk about that. We'll talk about the good points. Won't we? Absolutely. You know, yeah, I mean, to put us in the same category as Ian Wright, I'm over the moon with me. Yeah, you've got the same, same kind of goal scoring record, isn't it? <laughs> I, well, yeah, his was a slightly higher level than me. But, yeah, yeah, I was a, I was a bit of a goal scorer. In me youth, in me pomp. Great. So, um, yeah, so we've got got loads to talk about. We've got we've got Beth Mead to talk about Jen. She's like grabbed all of the headlines. Um, I think uh, in the in the last kind of well since since the game during the game, um, made us all very very proud of her. I mean, it, from watching on the TV, she looked unplayable. Was that? Was that your view from the press box as well? That she she was just having maybe the game of her life, really. I mean, yes, in the sense that she was just reveling in it, and uh, finishing was on point, and that one mazy dribble, that's that's somebody just oozing with confidence, happy to have a go at stuff and make it happen. That was a fantastic individual effort. Uh, it she needed or she didn't need, but she combined with Lucy Bronze to torture Judy Blackstad down that mm. left. And and Martin Sugar and the Sweden coach, so Sweden, he's Swedish. The Norway coach, mm-hmm. just did not do anything until half time. It was it was unbelievable that he left his defence, which is paper thin anyway, as I've said, floundering. Lucy Bronze is is marauding up that right hand side. 
Um, she's combining with Beth Mead. Beth Mead's crosses were excellent. I mean, Lucy Bronze's yeah. crossing has been pretty diabolical over of late, but she she's found her form again. I always wonder, and we've I think we've mentioned this before. Lauren Hemp is 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 such a terror down the left and is so mm-hmm. fast. I think teams just become obsessed with trying to stop her, and it and it does allow that right hand side to be exploited. But all of these things, you still have to perform, you still have to produce, and that's what they did. And and, and Beth Mead drifts into the the centre forward role, doesn't she, from the right? And she just reminded us who saw her at Sunderland when she was younger of just what a what a wonderful goal scorer she is. And it's not just the way she plays her football; it's it's how much you can see she loves it and the passion of it. That's why the yeah. fans love her. That's why we all love her. And she's she's authentically Beth Mead. Yeah, she totally is. Um, uh, you know, she's she she's really down to earth as well. When I talked to her last summer, I think you interviewed her last summer as well. Um, you know, she's she's really down to earth. She's really humble, but but I think she she now knows just what what level she's at, and she and she's loving it, and she's loving being the center of attention. Yeah, talk about her reprising some of her kind of best moments from. Um, a time at Sunderland and uh, the moment of the game for me was when she scored that header which actually came from Hemp um, having switched switched wings with her uh, momentarily um, Ellen White worked really hard to to, to chase down a ball late back um, to to Lauren Hemp who, who played a lovely um, ball in swinging ball that, uh, that Meadow headed which reminded me of the goal she scored against Liverpool in the WSL in the first game back in or the first game in the top flight for Sunderland where she unexpectedly scored a header from Kira Ramshaw so that was my moment of the game I wanted to know what your moment of the game was um, I, like you I preferred her header to the I know the running the running finish was unbelievable you know what I mean but that goal I just love goals like that because mm-hmm. it like it was behind her as well. The ball was behind her, so it's a really hard finish that because she's had to like literally arch her neck and like kind of get as you know generate as much power to beat the goalkeeper. It was a lovely, lovely finish. Um, I can't really give you a, a moment full stop. It just all ninety minutes was amazing. Like it's just put so much of a stamp on this tournament. Like you saw what France did, you know, the other mm-hmm. night, and thought you know France, it France are, are really good, and then. Yeah, we struggled in, in the first game against Austria. I think a little bit of nerves might have kicked in in front of, front of that crowd at Old Trafford. But then last night, it, just, it was as if the, just, the wheel, the, they just kind of took the pressure off and just eased off and just thought, we'll just play our game. And literally, after like what Jen said there, the first six minutes, it seemed a little bit nervy. And then as soon as the penalty gets given, I mean, you know, yeah, it's doubtful it's a penalty, but it was given, so never mind. But as soon as that went in, you just knew that it was going to be a really, really good night for England. But... Yeah, I can't really give you a moment. I just thought all ninety minutes was amazing. I, I, the roar. I think when I think when it, um, when Ellen White scored after Beth had, had pressurised um, Torres dot here and 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 Ellen ran through and it went to three nil. I think everyone realised that something out of the ordinary might be happening. And it certainly was out of the ordinary. Um, what what was your moment of the game, Jen, or moment of the evening, really? Because obviously you were there throughout. Uh, um, I'm just thinking back to that moment that you were talking about. I'm actually getting quite upset now. <laughs> I didn't get upset at all last night. Uh, strangely for me, middle-aged woman. Um, yeah, just remembering that, I sort of blocked a lot of it out because it was just so astonishing. I mean, the, the VAR goal... 
the crowd was chanting VAR and it uh, yeah. and, and and then it sort of rippled through and then when that was given it's like right two we're off here because at, at one and maybe Norway become aggrieved at the penalty and they can hit back. Mm-hmm. When that happened, then it was like okay. And then uh, there was a, just before half time, I had to actually look at the scoreboard because I had to check it was six because I couldn't remember how many goals because it was just so mind blowing. And then you you at half time you go to get a cuppa, and I had to record something about the travel stuff for somebody. And I saw FA staff, I saw other journalists, and everybody was just. WTF at each other. What is happening here? In- just incredible. Yeah. And there's just all these sort of smiles and glazed grins. It was wonderful. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, me and my son were jumping around the front room and you were at the stack with, with the Sunderland <laughs> lot. What was the atmosphere <laughs> like there? Because cause if, 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 if I couldn't be in the stadium, I couldn't, uh, you know, uh, I would have wanted to be where you were. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it was quite full as well. So was, you're looking at about, about two, two, three hundred people, and again, it just people were just agog. You know, at half time, you were like literally going, "Is this, is this real?" You know, who were playing here? Norway. These are like one of the favourites as well. You know, the, you know, Norway and no pushovers, and, and it was just it was it was the kind of I think it's like one of those moments where you just think and look and and, and everything what's going on with the England side, and you know, I know I've mentioned with me though with the Olympics and stuff. It just seemed that 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 moment was just full circle. That this team, you know, you kind of know that this team's going to go and do something special. Um, you know, it's just such a stamp to put on the competition. But yeah, I mean, after the once the first one went in, and then obviously the second one, oh, Jen's mentioned with the VAR, everyone's like, oh no, it's offside, it's offside. And then when when that one, when it's when it flashed up goal, I mean, the, the staff just <laughs> absolutely just lost the plot. You know, what I mean? it was great. So, yeah, well, obviously, um, my nephew Zach was say he, he's just got into you know the, the the women's football kind of thing, and he's like going, oh, that's Lauren Hemp, that's Lauren Hemp, like what? You know, it's just it's it was amazing. You know, and what this is going to do. For you know the young generation watching you know Beth Mead scoring a hat trick, watching you know Ellen White, who's one off Harry Kane now of being you know England's highest ever goal scorer in you know men or women's football. This is just going to open the gates for so many young fans to go and play football. You know, and I, I just think that's amazing. I, I think it's well, sorry. I was going to say it's worth remembering as well, like Georgia Stanway's penalty, like how calm yeah, yeah. And, and just dispatched with just not a fuss, and we were sat behind. Some of Georgia's family. So we've sort of in the press area, you've got family to your left and in front of you, and it's just lush seeing their reactions as well. But I think, in hindsight, I should have said to you, Rich, that my the my highlight was when uh, Mido got a hat trick. Yeah, yeah, and it was that it was almost like the complete. I know it wasn't what you call a perfect hat trick, but it was the kind of complete Mido hat trick. It was that Mido uh, that Mido mazy run. That she did loads of times to Sunderland. I've been watching some highlights when she scored eight goals in the season for us. She scored eight goals in the season so far for for England. Yeah, um, and and they were all there. There were the the kind of the the Porter rebound, the header, and the and the, that kind of mazy skillful run with the with the with the great finish. And yeah, it, it was that you know she's actually done it, and and she it really looked like she arrived. And then I I also thought the way that she um. She was so happy when uh, Alyssa Rousseau, um, yeah. Rousseau scored as well. Yeah. Uh, she was like, you know, she just looked made up for everyone. And that's what was I thought was lovely about... Well, it's great about this team, but I just thought everyone 
were so made up for each other and they all and they play as, as such a team mm. they've got that like togetherness that is almost rare and you know some other teams in the tournament haven't got that they've still got lots of ability but it seems that you know it's kind of that rising tide lifting all the ships and they all respond to each other's performances and all riff off it yeah. um, I wanted to ask you Jen like from your journalistic perspective I guess obviously there was 4.8 million people watching that game on the BBC um, don't think they accounted everyone who was watching in fan parks and in the stack or in oh. Box Park in, in Wembley which looked packed as well um, but you know 4.8, probably 5 million people watching that game on the BBC. Um, I'm sure it had a huge impact on the kind of the mood in and around Brighton. Um, what, what do you think will be the, the impact for the public in terms of interest in this tournament and, I guess, you know, affecting the mood of the nation to a certain extent? Well, if they continue like this, then it's it's just like a wave, isn't it? It's not quite on the level as the men. It's, I don't... Well, it's not yet. It could do mm-hmm. in the way that it we'll really see. sort of captures people's imagination. You're always going to get naysayers, and you've got people who cringe at it. Some I've seen some people on my Facebook timeline. I think it might block them. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, but but it's it's difficult to sort of describe it, isn't it? Because it's as we've talked about it before. It's like a societal thing. It's just like mm-hmm. women's sport to be up there. Then it's it's fantastic. I mean, I can't. Yeah. I can't. Because I think that we're just starting here. I think the quarterfinal will be even bigger. Yeah, and and I wanted to come on to to look ahead into the tournament. Obviously, we're through, and we've got the game against Northern Ireland, but we're through. And I wanted to your perspective on what you think the impact will be of that performance from England on the other teams in the tournament. Because there's been a lot said about it being a statement, you know, and mm-hmm. and that we've arrived. Do you think other teams will? approach us with fear and do you think it might you know it would come up against a Spain or a Germany depending on what happens tonight in that game um, and the other game in, 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 in Group B as well um, do you think teams are just going to try and sit back against us try and kind of block us out or try and kick us off the park was the other thought I had to be honest I think I definitely think teams will stand up and take notice of it now where, you know, as deep as we go into the tournament, those defences aren't going to be as bad as what Norway's Mm. were last night or capitulate as bad as what Norway's did. And and I agree with what Jen said before, why the coach didn't do anything before half-time. It it did astound us, to be honest. I mean, I know it's harsh taking a player off after 25, 30 minutes, but when something isn't working and it was going from bad to worse and, and even worse after that wasn't it you know you've got to kind of do something but I think teams will have a look they'll obviously be going through the, the 90 minutes and thinking which way are we going to stop or how are we going to stop Beth Maid? are they going to double up on Mead or but then that will release Bronzy and, and, and again Bronzy's crossing yesterday was much improved so the the thing is with England at the minute I can't pick a weak link out mm-hmm. you know in, in defence we're defending well I mean I think Minnie Bright's been fantastic so far in the tournament, you know, I think Bronzy and Daly have been excellent pushing forward. Um, you know, our midfield, Frank Kirby coming in as well. She's been, I mean, we haven't said much about Frank Kirby the entire tournament, but she's been setting goals up, oh, she's been, been there, thereabouts. And then obviously Ellen White's been an absolute war horse up front. So there's there's not much for me that is a weak link, whereas in all the other sides that I've seen so far, 
I'm thinking, where can England hurt them? And I've got a couple of ideas, you know what I mean? So I think we're in a really, really good position. You know, I really do. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. And I don't think we should get ahead of ourselves because there's still some excellent sides in this tournament. But we haven't conceded a goal yet. We haven't particularly looked like we're going to concede a goal. And we're just, you know, we've... We've kind of hit our straps early on, but we can only improve. I, th- I think what some teams will try and do is um, nullify Kira Walsh. They'll pu- mm. put somebody yeah. in the space there, which so she can't pull the strings because that's what she's doing for the team. She's she's mm-hmm. just finding the passes constantly and, and spraying it out left and right and keeping it going. If and she was one of the reasons why Hansen just didn't get on the ball, but other teams will crowd her out and they will press the defense. And and then you start to see errors, and then you start to see the doubts and the nerves, and 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 that free flowing football it starts to stutter. There are other teams in this tournament who we've only seen once who will won't be frightened by last night at all because they think that they're as good, if not better. I mean, France won't think mm-hmm. that, and Sweden yeah. won't be worried. And I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing Germany, Spain. What happens tonight? I think that's that's going to be a a, a classic. Possibly, or it'll end up being a nil-nil draw. <laughs> Probably the yeah, latter. I said that. I think with the <laughs> other sides as well, Rich, you, you can't really af- let that affect you, the way you're going to take this tournament on. You know, like the likes of France, likes of Germany, they aren't in our group yet. You know, so they're just going to have to just knuckle down, keep doing what they're doing. But for me, I think it's it's boring well. I mean, what we're what are barely a week into the tournament, and it, there's been some fantastic games already. Mm. You know, we've had like a five-one, we've had an eight-nil. I mean, it's so exciting. Every game's had like it's exciting part of it there's not been a dull game yet I was going to say why do you guys think that there are we're getting such sort of sort of slightly top heavy score lines and games against teams that aren't that weak it's like almost like a new phenomenon for me for me to to see is it is it because of the crowd is it what teams are sort of blowing other sides away in a way that I've not seen before maybe it's down to the quality of the tactics mm. because I think what Serena Wiegmann's done, from just from from watching the two two England games and comparing them to to other um, sides in the tournament, we look very very organised. We look like everyone on the pitch knows what they're doing, and I think where you've got a, a, a head coach who is really tactically astute, you've got a well drilled, well prepared team then they're able to get that momentum. And that's what seems to have happened with Spain taking the game away from team, with Germany taking the game away from 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 Denmark. It's been that maybe some of the teams that are not... that You know, they've got some, some good players. There's maybe, um, you know, one or two world-class players in their lineup, but then the, the, the rest of the lineup is slightly uneven in terms of its ability. That that the the best coaches and the big the big teams are able to exploit the weaknesses over and over again, and there's not very much that um, that some of the 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 strong but not you know not top top sides are able to do in response. And I think you know Jen, you mentioned um, Norway not not really responding yesterday, possibly. They didn't. They didn't have a response, or didn't have a a, a response they thought was going to at least keep them with a, with a, with a chance of of um, well. I know. I know it kind of went away from them really quickly, but there was a point where you thought, you know, if they scored, maybe at, even at three 
nil, they, they, they could have got themselves back in the game. So I don't know, maybe there's just a bit of that. Uh, and yeah, the, the big crowds and the the hot weather, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe there's lo- loads of other factors. Mm-hmm. Pitch pitch dimensions, possibly. So obviously, they, you know, I, I know they all play on big pitches anyway, but I, I, I can't put me, I really can't put my finger on it, Jen, to be honest. You know, I wanted to say last night the heat, but... Like once you're just sort of chasing a game like that, then the impact of that physically and psychologically is probably exacerbated. I wonder as well whether it's replicating the gulf in, in some clubs. You know, certain clubs within the women's game in in Europe, are are way and above the standard of others in their league. Mm -hmm. And so they got the concentration yeah. of that. I don't know. I just, I, I've just not really seen it before. Over sort of four or five games, it's happened. But I wonder if it'll continue. You expect this in the third group game in the tournament, not in the first and second. Yeah, I, I definitely think you know it's 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 the big, well-resourced nations that are able to put a lot of work in the background that are that are doing this. Mm. So. Perhaps it's something in that kind of combination of factors with the psychology, the preparation, the the kind of the 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 coaching yeah. resources that can go in. That means, yeah, that, that those um those weaknesses get exploited. Um, I wanted to wanted to bring our listeners in a little bit um as well because we had a bit of fun on Twitter <laughs> earlier and had some nice responses um to a three word review of Beth Mead, not the game, just of Beth Mead. As were as were Sunderland fans, um, some lovely ones. Uh, the a classic Catalina uh, said, uh, "Goal, goal, goal." <laughs> of course, that's pretty straightforward. Um, David Keeler, uh, David who, who Ant and I know from from the match, said, uh, "Golden boot in, incoming," <laughs> which uh, is is not a bad call. Uh, Rob Simpson, I think, uh, referencing uh, his his daughter says. Uh, Isabel's heroine always, which is great because you know she's obviously inspiring people like, like we mentioned. Uh, Charlotte Potts, former Sunderland um, defender, said cool, calm, and clinical, which I think is a is is absolutely right because because she, she was um, when she was on the ball. I mean, once she'd scored, she wasn't cool or calm <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> Uh, random SCFC players who's been posting some great pictures of uh, former former Sunderland players of uh, this uh, last couple of weeks says wave of destruction, which I think is actually is, is a really good yeah. d- good description as well. John Murray says simply the best, and General Mayhem said absolute effing baller, <laughs> which I think is a good one. He also said bring her home, and we've, we we addressed that with her in our interview <laughs> last year, where she said never say never. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never know. Eventually, she might come back. She said she loves the club. Um, so we we got um, we've got to kind of get off and, and watch uh, the the first game of uh, of Tuesday between Denmark and Finland. And actually, our Roven reporter Brett and his girls are currently at that game. And here is the third instalment of his audio diary. Oh yeah, it's Brett here again, so game two here in Milton Keynes. And once again, I'm joined by my two favourite little buddies. Chloe and Millie. So Chloe and Millie are with me. Right, Chloe, today is Denmark versus Finland. So who are you supporting today? Denmark. Oh, you're going for Denmark today, so no uh, hot dog belly for you. And Millie, who are you going to go for? Uh, Finland. So once again, the girls have split, split up their teams. 
So Chloe's going for Denmark, Millie's going for Finland. We're just outside Stadium NK. We'll catch up at full time. Hello, Brett here again. So we've just got back um, from watching Denmark 1, Finland 0. Absolutely gutting for the Finns. So that's two games we've now seen them here in Milton Keynes. And unfortunately, they have come up short um, both times. Not for one of effort, though. Um, I think really just, just the stamina um, by the end of it. Um, it just, just let them down. Millie, so I'm with you today. So as I said as previously, I'm coming with my two little buddies, Millie and Chloe. So Millie, that's uh, two games in a row. You've, you know, you've chose Finland both times as your team. How are you feeling that uh, they've now lost twice in a row? Annoyed, I've not ever seen them win. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a shame that, but I suppose long term for yourself as a Sunderland supporter, it should you know leave you in good stead to be crushingly disappointed whenever you go to football. Um, but Chloe, now you started the game saying that you were going to support Denmark, and then you kind of flipped it a little bit, and then you were chiding for Finland throughout the second half. However, as I say, they did lose. So for yourself, what was your favourite part of today? Getting my pizza. That's right, Chloe had a little pizza all to herself and had the biggest grin in the world while eating it. Um, but as I say, though, back to the football, it was a great game again. It was really, you know, it'd be nice to see more goals. I think we got a bit spoilt yesterday watching the, uh, the eight England goals. Could have done a couple of them for, you know, for us over here. Um, but no, the game itself was, it was back and forth, limited chances. Denmark scored a scrappy goal to make it 1-0. Finland, right at the end, they could have made it 1-0. It would have been so good for them. I say, their fans were brilliant. In fact, both set of fans today, one thing I've been really impressed with so far is the atmosphere. You know, despite there's only 11,000 there today, you wouldn't have known it. The fans did not stop singing. Once again, they had the drums there, beating away. Absolutely fantastic. So, uh, yeah, once again, this is me being uh, down at MK Stadium watching uh, Denmark 1, Finland 0. Oh, it was lovely to hear, as always, from Brett there. Um, really, really interesting, and it's great that they're having good fun at the tournament. Um, and long may it continue. But before we go, I just wanted to ask, um, Ant, you were down at the open training for for Sunderland women, um, yesterday down at the beach at Seaburn. Uh, what was it like? It seemed like there was a fair few down there on the beach from the kind of videos and pictures that have been put out there. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was. It was really successful. I think um, it were turned into that a lot of the the kids who were there were were allowed to go and join in, which I thought was a really really good mm-hmm. idea. Um, you know, I said I spoke to Kira just afterwards as well, um, and it's like you know your next best meet could be in you know could be there, and they might have been shy or whatever anything like that, and they're joining in, and you know I mean the the, the club have put a lovely picture on of um, a young girl who's um, I think she's got spina bifida. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's playing football with Emma Kelly and I um, can't remember who else it was, I think it might have been Ali. And it was amazing just how happy, everyone had a smile on their face. All the players were just so, you know, so generous, so lovely to the kids and everything like that. And all the foundational light scholars were there. Um, it's a really, it was a really, really good idea by the club, uh, really well advertised by the club and by us. Um, but um, just it would be something I spoke to Chris Waters afterwards and he said this could be something that we're going to do relatively regular obviously in the summer months so I would you know that if that could bring say say you're a you're you're a fan there going there, doesn't matter if you're a boy or girl going there and say, I wanna watch these girls play, you know, every every week. Season ticket, tenner, you know what I mean? You, you can't go wrong, it's mm-hmm. such a good idea. It's free advertising Rich. No. And it was a really, really good night. You know, I spent my time talking to um Emily Hutchinson and Abby Towers who I, who I've nicknamed the ACL Club Blessing because both got uh, 
wonderful scars on the knees um, after having operations. I, I was, was going to ask how's the, how how their recoveries coming along because you said you were talking to both of them. They're looking like they're, they're yeah. going to be fit for for at least part of the season. I, th- I think I think Abby's more optimistic than Emily, but hopefully we see them both. I think that's what the both said. Just they want to take the time. Obviously yeah. with Emily, it's a second one and she's only seventeen, so it's. It's a little bit, you know, it's harsh to have it twice on her, and, and obviously Abby's the same age, you know, eighteen-year-old doing your knee. It's it's not easy, but they both got the right care. They're both in the right, definitely at the right club for you know physiotherapy. You know, they're going to get the best of the best, really. So, um, but yeah, just every single one of the lasses last night were there. Even the under twenty-three girls were were just so sort of warm and so inviting to the, those who joined in. It was a really really good night. Brilliant. No, that's that's fantastic to see. And Jen, do you think I, I don't know if you've seen much of much of it or, or heard much about it because you've been on your on your travels up and down England following the tournament. But um, is it is this the kind of thing that clubs need to be doing to exploit the the the, the public interest in the tournament and and obviously the the nice weather as well? Oh, absolutely! It's get people involved, get them to get a connection with the with the players, meet them, think I I know that person, I've kicked the ball with her, she spoke to me, she smiled. You know, it, it yeah. that's what that's what gets people interested. It's a great idea. I've seen a couple of pictures and it was I was smiling listening to that and I was thinking back to like the first time I saw Jill Scott or somebody come to training with the older players, it's difficult for young kids. But give them a football and they're happy. And that's when they start to express themselves. So just seeing Scotty go on last night made a lot of people happy as well. Yeah, made me happy. Definitely, and she almost scored as well. She was almost set up by Lucy Bronze, which would have been a great, a great former Sunderland uh, combination. But um, yeah, she she got on, and she, you know, still still looks like she's more than got it at this level. Uh, she, uh, it was brilliant to see, and perhaps we'll see Demi in the next game. Which is my last question, really, uh, to you both. Um, and do you think we'll see? Uh, a very different England side on Friday against Northern Ireland. I, to be honest, I think it, it might might be the whole eleven changes. To be honest, Rich, that's what I would do. You know, it, listen, I know it's a it's a big game. It's a you know a nation's derby and stuff. But for me, give give some of the, the lasses a chance. You know, you're in a tournament for a reason. You know, back these players. Um, I I really want. I I think it might be the whole eleven. I'd love to see Hannah Hanton get a go as well. Um, yeah, I really like her as a goalkeeper. I think she's a fantastic goalkeeper. Again, like you said, Demi. I want to say Demi player. Um, you know, we want we want Scotty to start. Um, so yeah, I mean, why not? You know, there's nothing to lose really. You know, and I think to be honest, I think it'll be a good game. I think I know I, I know Northern Ireland have lost twice, but they've not looked out of place in this tournament, have they? Especially last night, they gave it everything, mm-hmm. and um, they were just a little bit unfortunate. They just, I think their managers um, hit the nail on the head. They've Overachieved to get here, yeah. and they asked, you know, yeah, they've lost two, but I don't think they've looked out of place at all. No, absolutely. And Jen, do you do you think uh, there's there's a risk in in changing all eleven that we might lose a little bit of momentum? Yeah, I think it's the people are very divided on this issue, aren't they? And in the past, I would have been in the momentum camp, um, and I think I just wanted to say I I think there's a there was a sign of respect in the the relationship between Beth Mead and Serena Vigman that she let 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 mm-hmm. us stay on to get a hat trick because she would have taken her off. Because you know that that's what I think the plan was to to give players time, so I think having watched 
tournaments at this level and the conditions and you know Georgia Stanway players like that were on their knees and after the first game and then managed to do it again last night I mm. think I think you have to be realistic and and make quite a few changes and and just yeah, yeah mix it up a bit and give everybody a bit of game time that should be good enough against um Northern Ireland uh and and also the, it's just bizarre like not having a, a left-footed defender it's just really Right across that back lane. So it's worked, though, mm-hmm. so far, but they will get tested at some point, and that's when it's going to be a bit worrying. So I would just want to thank you all. Uh, well, thank you all for listening, and thank you both for your time this evening. It's nil-nil in the Denmark-Finland game, according to the BBC. Um, so we haven't seen, haven't missed anything in this uh, Scandinavian dark... Although Finland's not Scandinavian, is it? Like Nordic, remember, Kenny. Nordic. You have to joke Nordic. about, oh, they haven't got another European referee, have they? Because did not hear him the other night. It was they got a penalty because it was a Nordic referee. It's funny. Oh yeah, another another Kenny Shields uh, hot take. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> well, um, thank you all for listening. Uh, enjoy the rest of the tournament. We may well be back before the Northern Ireland game. We might get to speak to Josh uh, Bunting, who's a um, Northern Ireland uh, and Sunderland fan. Uh, if not before, then after that one. Uh, um, and yeah we'll speak to you all soon thanks a lot bye bye